gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Yes, and tonight... Ah. See, I thought I'd jump in ahead of you, but you, you went ahead and did that anyway. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Listeners from last week would know, um, probably not still know what that means. Yeah, but you know what? This is why you should be nothing. listening to the podcast because if you didn't catch the show last week, you can listen to it on the podcast, but you might be listening to this. If so, g'day. Howdy doody. Uh, we are going to be talking about how social media is sort of impacting live music. Yeah, and, and your experience of gigs. Now, this one came about because of a fantastic article I read on the Triple J website. So it comes via the ABC. Specifically, it comes via um, Parry Tristinoitis. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you said that with so I, much you know, conviction. You know, I believe you. Let me just have another go. Yeah. Okay. Like Parry, Parry, Tristan, I. No, I'm sorry. I tried. I really was confident and it just didn't work. But either way, um, it's, it's a great bit of reporting. Um, it's basically asking the question of, of how we feel about social media invading, if you want to see it that way gig spaces now and part of the examples um that parry uses in in the article is uh for example taylor swift one of the biggest artists in the whole world um you will know what her set for her world tour is largely going to look like after the first show because there will be a billion different tiktok videos blah blah so the element of surprise if you've got to wait seven, eight, nine months for her to reach your city or your country is ruined after the first day. There's nothing fresh original. I mean, you could say ignore it, but let's be real. That's not going to work, um, particularly over months. So that's what kind of started it. And then there are all these different nuances within that discussion as well that are particularly interesting. Yeah, you mentioned Taylor Swift there. Uh, my fiance is massive on Taylor Swift. Uh, she's crossing all of her fingers and toes and trying to manifest herself into getting tickets uh, on Wednesday. Actually, apparently I heard there are more people on the pre-sale list than there are tickets available. On the pre-sale alone. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, and she's doing three nights in Sydney, two nights in Melbourne. It's just ridiculous. But anyway, to your point, she sees so many... Now her TikTok algorithm algorithm is just Taylor Swift. And a lot of what she sees now sort of impacts the way like she knows how her sets begin. She knows what the set list is. She knows how certain songs are. She knows what outfit she wears during which song because it's all recorded and uploaded to TikTok. Now she's just a massive Taylor Swift fan. I don't want to call her Swifty because I feel like that has a negative connotation <laughs> around it, but she is. Ellie, you're a Swifty. <laughs> she is. And she would, she loves any content that is Taylor Swift. So for, for her, it might not be too much of a spoiler because she'll still enjoy the live show if she's lucky enough to get tickets. But for a lot of people, it does ruin the element of seeing them perform live. Yeah, it it, it does. And, and I suppose there's all these other questions that come out of this in terms of, um, well, what's it like for an artist looking at it? Maybe a sea of phones holding up, capturing them. Um, or what's it like for the fan experience now that so much is recorded through a phone? Are you, are you the, the question is often asked, are you actually there experiencing it, feeling it, enjoying it as well? Um, and there's also then pressures on the artist where if something goes well, at a gig, which is just an off-the-cuff response or an, something that just, you know, because every gig has their little moments, right, which is what, so, what I really like about seeing a, a gig is the fact that something will happen during that gig that cannot be replicated 
and it's just something special for those who attended that particular gig. Like I remember looking at videos of bands that I saw live because after I saw them live, I wanted to see more of their stuff live. And I saw a clip from a Melbourne show and something happened there, which we didn't get to experience in Sydney, but because it happened in Melbourne, those people got to experience it for them. We had things in Sydney, which wouldn't have happened in Melbourne and vice versa. But because of TikTok these days, artists would feel pressure to replicate things that went well because fans are going, oh, Taylor Swift did that in Texas. I wonder if she'll do that here because I really enjoyed that bit. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how how, how they kind of correlate because one of the um, examples given in the article from, from Triple J that prompted this all was Dua Lipa. And Dua Lipa has a song called Good In Bed and apparently as part of her show, she would like dedicate it to a, a person in the audience and that person in the audience would always be, you know, in a particular area of the stage, you know, because it's, it's, it's kind of pre-planned. So what fans were then doing because they knew about it was going and positioning themselves in that spot. So they would try and get the song dedicated to them uh, because they knew all about it. So there's this pressure from fans to try and be in the right spot. There's pressure from artists to try and produce these moments over and over and over again, maybe losing the authenticity to them. I don't know. But I mean, if they're all planned, are they all authentic? And, uh, disclaimer for this music news. This is more like a music opinion column. <laughs> um, and we, we don't have, we, we don't expect any kind of concrete answers from us because we've been bouncing around this one ahead of the show too, trying to figure out where we, where we land. A bit like last week where we didn't really know how we felt about the music royalty split. Ignorant but, brood. Ignorant <laughs> Opinion brood, maybe I don't know, but we we are yeah. It's it's a discussion that I think it it varies depending on what it is. Like you mentioned something like that, it's no different to knowing a magician does X in their set, or you know something like that. I don't know whether it necessarily removes from the concert experience because you're just trying to be a part of it yourself because it's only one little thing that I guess you're familiar with. But if it is, you literally know the set list or you're wanting them to recreate a unique moment. That to me is where a lot of it is lost and the actual fan experience is lessered and as is the experience from an artist on stage because they would feel that pressure to replicate it instead of, as you're saying, just sort of be authentic and whatever comes to you in the moment, whatever happens in the crowd that night is all part of it. Like there's a viral, we'll use Taylor Swift again, even though we're an Australian music podcast and radio show, but we'll use Taylor Swift as an example because she's referenced in this article we're discussing and she's probably one that I've had the most exposure to in this front, mainly because of my Swifty fiance, Ella. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, a clip of Taylor Swift sort of sticking up for one of her fans against a security guard in, in one of her songs called Bad Blood. And now every time that song comes on in that part on Spotify, my fiance does that like Taylor Swift standing up for the girl during the song. And it's the same thing I imagine at her live concerts. Her fans would probably be singing that part back to her at her live shows. So it's changed the culture of the song. It's almost like the Am I Ever Going to See Your Face Again other bit at the end that we, <laughs> we can't play on this show. But you've um, all sung it in your head just then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It influences culture in, in one way or the other. Um, the other interesting side to this that I, that I saw was the consideration that not everybody is, is like us, and that is able-bodied, uh, everything fine, able to attend gigs with no problem whatsoever. And so on that side of the camp, those people are, are, are like, no, hang on. I have, um, you know, 
a sensory disorder, a hearing disorder. So the best way for me to actually experience the shows that I go to is the videos that I have the next day so that I can relive them. Or I have, um, you know, whatever condition that means I can't actually get to a gig. Mm -hmm. So I get to watch videos from other people who help enhance my experience and develop a, a deeper connection with the artist. So whatever the reason may be, the videos are actually vital for them to to consume and attend a gig, a gig at all. So on one side, we've got this side of us it's like okay well um these are just you know like content factories for for people trying to get a viral video on tiktok yeah um and is that detracting from the experience of the gig itself but on the other side there's actually a whole cohort of people who benefit from having the ability to to have this filmed um and relive it for themselves or or relive it via someone else or even people I'll use Taylor Swift as again an example again, but people who can't get tickets to one of her shows, they'll feel like they've been to a show just by scrolling their For You page on TikTok. But I think that's a different discussion perhaps about, you know, the the disabled or, you know, when you, you can't, you have something that impacts your ability to enjoy or even attend live music. Maybe there should be, because I know so many musicians, they will upload their shows to now it's Netflix. I used to do DVDs. Um, so, you, so you could enjoy it, but maybe there's some sort of requirements that we need to make where you have to film at least every time you do a tour, you have to film, um, you know, a special for Netflix or something like that. So everyone can enjoy it. And then even those who attended will likely enjoy it again and they can relive it. And maybe if you're at one of those ones that are being recorded, you can actually put your phones away and actually be a fan and not try and get a viral TikTok out of it. Maybe it would work on all fronts if that was sort of somehow legislated. It's a very, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's almost like a completely different music news. And I know when we spoke to Joe Ward from Netkicks, that was something that he was really pushing with their platform was not everyone can attend a gig. So if we can live stream it. This is the best way to go forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like those, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I do feel like personally, those solutions seem to strike a better balance. I, I find myself getting frustrated at shows seeing constantly people filming and, and having phones in front of your face and some people have torch lights on and it's just annoying. Um, I I will like for every gig, I'll probably stick my phone up and I'll film like I film th about 30 seconds or I'm like snap I a photo and it's just so thing. I can have one little snippet to look back on. It doesn't even necessarily always have to be my favorite song, but it's just that little, little token of memory that I do go and revisit and watch again. But then there's people who will film whole songs multiple songs 10 the songs the whole the whole gig and, I'm, and they set up a tripod there <laughs> yeah and i'm just like well are you, are you are you there are you watching it or are you are you watching it through your phone and therefore you're better off just watching someone else's video of it at home is there, is there any difference of course there's a difference but and also don't your arms get tired my <laughs> arms get tired after doing it for 30 seconds a couple of times yeah yeah it's <laughs> it's it's it's, cra it's crazy and vexing and i do know there's plenty of artists who have who have been on both sides of this. They've been okay with it. They're encouraging it. Others who are like, hey, we're going to play another song until everyone's phones go down. Um, and then even earlier, I saw an article of an artist who was collapsed after someone threw a phone at them on stage. Yeah. Apparently, that's another trend that's going around where you throw your phone to them, they take a selfie and they throw it back. Apparently, Fraught that's with the, danger. Yeah. Apparently, that's the thing that's going around. The person... I think he was eventually charged. He came out with two different stories. His first story was that 
Um, he thought that the artist was looking at them and that's why he threw the phone. And then in his actual police statement, he said, oh, I just thought it'd be funny to throw my phone at them, which is never okay. No, they're, they're heavy. But they are heavy. They're solid. But to your point, I think one of my favourite crowd experiences was actually when I saw Macklemore and he said, everyone put your phones down for this track. And everyone put their phones out. Everyone just partied. And it was so much fun. But then conversely, I also had a lot of fun in another mosh pit where everyone had the phones out. So yeah, I don't know how much, maybe it's not a good theory to, to base off that. But there, I think there is certainly a lot of, you can say that without your phones, you do have more fun You're in the moment. But like you, I do like to look back on certain moments of a track. So just a little token, a little token for, for memory's sake. Um, and if I can take this opportunity to plug a fantastic local gig that went down over the weekend, somewhere where I just took a photo. I didn't take a video this time because I was really enjoying the moment. Was um, watching uh, the Big Drive supporting Don West at Tiki Lala's in Long Jetty. Just a small little shop front packed full with about 30 people, 40 people. Um, 30 people, I'd say. Um, it was awesome. Awesome little intimate gig where I found myself sinking into the moment. So however you choose to enjoy live music, we'd love to hear about it. You can get in touch on our Instagram, homebrewed963. Messages. What do you reckon about all this stuff? Social media and gigs phones and gigs what do you think um i i'm probably in the less the better camp yep. with slight sympathies to the other side um cam how are you gonna leave this one i'm the same i i don't know if i'll change my live music habits because i i think i sit in a pretty good balance like you where i only film a couple of songs and it's not the whole song it's just little bits for me to look back on but for the most part i'm there in the moment um, but that's also because i'm recording it for me I'm not recording it because all oh, this will, you know, people on TikTok will also want to see this. I record it just for me. So maybe my whole reason for recording parts of a live gig is, is a different motivation. You're selfish. I'm selfish. That's, That's your problem. So I why? <laughs> Homebrewed. Get it all at www.homebrewed.au. Why is it not your internet homepage right now? Yeah, if it's not, I, I don't see any other reason why you would need to use the internet other than to access our content. <laughs> And if there is another reason, I'd like you to email it to me and I can deem whether it's worthy or not. And that email can be found? At www.homebrew.au.